Welcome back to Tech Vines. Thank you all. We had a little bit of a hiatus, but we're back and rolling strong. We do enjoy this hot and humid summer, at least here in the Midwest. Um, as usual, you have the three of us with you tonight. I'm your host, Colin Gallagher, and I'm joined by the fabulous and fantastic Melissa Gurney Green. Hello, um, hello. And the awesome and incredible Scott Delandy. Wow. Hey, hi. I like that. I decided to, get... to go alliter alliterative today. Uh, I love it. I'm going to have to get business cards printed up. I don't know who I'll give them to, but it would be nice to get some new cards. How's everybody been doing? We took two weeks off uh, just because schedules have been crazy for everybody, but we're back. Um, great to see you all. Yes, it's been uh, yeah, it's been been busy the last couple of weeks, so uh, so that's good. You look a little tan, Scott. Uh, well, it's it's I've been you know doing my morning runs, and it's uh, you know 90 degrees here. Um, it's actually in the mid 80s, usually even early in the morning, so it's been kind of rough running. So I don't know if it's the sun or if it's just the heat starting to get to me, but um, but yeah, it's uh. It's it's just hopefully it's going to cool down, but it's been it's been tough the last couple of days because I'd rather I'd rather run in you know ten degrees than than eighty degrees any day of the week. So yeah. um, <laughs> it is it is what it is. But you know, no days off. We keep trucking along. So and the sun has bleached your hair. Um, <laughs> no, this is yeah, this sure is, it is. <laughs> it's 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 all. So first off, it's always bleached. We all know that. <laughs> Um, and I'm actually going in for a tune-up tomorrow because the uh, the roots are starting to get a little bit too dark. So I got to get my I got to get my summer vibe going. So we'll uh, cool. we'll be getting that touch-up. Cool. And look I'm at you! Listening. You got you got the short haircut. So yeah, I, I went with the short on the sides. Yep, doing my my thing. Yeah. Trying to be sorry, sorry. I don't know. I don't know, Melissa. I don't know how you do with all that hair in the summer. It's just too hot. Sorry. It usually just stays in a bun. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the incident's on my neck. It adds probably at at least ten degrees, um, yeah. especially with as thick as it is. So, lots of ponytails. Nice, nice. And so, have you been? I've been good. I've been busy, mm -hmm. like so busy. So. Um, we just got through the Tournament of Champions for baseball for everybody except for my son's age group in juniors, which meant um, that I spent the last eight days umpiring games, which is about a three to four hour a night commitment. <laughs> so... All right. I got I got to I got to hear it. I want to hear you call a strike. Let's hear it. I want to hear the call. Call a strike. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to hurt the thing if I call a strike on here. You don't all right, don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't do it. Don't do it at a 10. Do it at like a, a 6, but I got to hear it. Call a strike. <laughs> I am so not in the headspace to do this. Ike! Really? Wow. Yeah, you do not use the STR because um as much as you're yelling, um it will kill your vocal cords. So you can yell hike, you can yell Ike, but as long as they hear that Ike, they think you said the whole thing anyway. So right. you never you never yell the STR part uh, unless you don't want to have a voice the next day, which uh, sometimes I do, <laughs> just to be completely honest. Uh, but yeah, we did that. Um, my boy made all stars, so we're about to do that, which means daily practice for the next couple months or two <laughs> depending on how well they do uh we'll see but it's it's already gearing up to be a busy summer and remodeling and everything else how about you colin what have you been up to 
just running around like crazy. Bunch of um, weekend things with friends um, for the last couple of weeks, but those have, um, um, but the um, the those slowed down finally. So the last one was this past weekend, uh, birthday party in Kentucky. So camping out in the in camping out. So that was fun in the tent. Um, did not get wet when it rained the last night, but other than that, everything has been been sort of mellow and, and good. Gonna try and do some just more leisurely weekends from going going forth. That sounds amazing. So tonight's wine topic, for um, if you all remember, and let's see what people did, was South American wine, sort of inspired by Malbec, but we're going to go, we said it has a broad enough to do other other ones. Um, so Scott, what did you pick and, what did, and why? I did a, I did a, a Malbec, but mm -hmm. not just a Malbec, it's a Mendoza mm -hmm. Malbec. So I guess that's a, that's a specific region. Yep. Um, within within Argentina, um, and I don't know why I picked it. Well, I, the, the 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 longer version of the story is, I had been getting the uh, our normal uh, katana, katana, um, and I, I we because we had to reschedule. I had multiple bottles of that, so I blew through all of those bottles, and it was like, okay, I can't go get the same thing again because it seems to be jinxing me. So I want to try something different. So the uh, the bottle is a uh, uh, a caval. Ferrer, a Caval Ferrer. I yeah. was looking at that. That's not a cheap bottle, if I remember. No, correctly. no, no, no. It's uh, it's nice. It's uh, it's aged a year. Oak barrels that are uh, multiple years old. Um, and um, it's actually very good. I, I like it. I like it better than the Katana. Um, I would say, but but again, you know, the price point is definitely higher than than what the twenty dollar Katana is. But uh, it's good. It's um, it's definitely fruity. It has. You know, a lot of color. It's very, very dark. It's a, it's a plummy kind of a, um, a, a color. Um, but it's got to me. It tastes like I could taste a little bit of kind of like chocolatey sort of aftertaste in it. Um, so mixed in with kind of the cherry flavor. So it's good. It's definitely good. I'm glad I tried it. No, that's the sign of a good Malbec. Actually, chocolate is one of the, the consistent flavors you should get in a good Malbec. Um, with a tend to hit a little bit of spice and a little bit of fruit. Um, if you so, if you like the Katana, I think I said this to you before, but I'll say it in the podcast for the first time, the Katana Alta, which is their higher end brand, um, not as easy to get, but you can find it in occasional places. I always, uh, try, it's worth trying. It's probably double the price. It's closer yes. to forty bucks, but it's yep. um, it's worth it. I tried looking for it. I couldn't find it at the yeah. place that I usually go to. They didn't have it. They just had yeah. the regular. Cool. And Miss Melissa, what did you find? What are you What are you drinking tonight? Let me ask that again, Melissa. What are you drinking tonight? <laughs> I'm doing a Casa Marine Syrah. Oh, nice. From it where? It's lovely. It is from Chile. Oh, it's uh, from the first female winemaker in Chile. Oh, so, awesome. Yay. Nice. Um, but it's it's very bold and, and fruity. It's got a lot of um, black fruit flavors in it. Um, but it's also got that kind of earthy, smoky feeling going on as well. So um, kind of a combination of my two favorite things um, with a little bit of spice, maybe some clove. Mm -hmm. So oh, nice. so very wonderful. Would do, definitely do again. Yes. Cool, cool. And you? Cool. Um, so I, I was in the same situation as Scott. Had a couple different bottles that I sort of went through. So I'm uh, <laughs> sort of going with, with something different today. Uh, I was going to do a connoisseur, and then I was going to do – I can't remember what the other one was, but those are all gone. Um, but I went with a layer cake today. Ooh. Ah, um, okay. and, and I thought you know, interesting opportunity. So it, it is also a Malbec, um, 
um, from Mendoza. Um, as Scott mentioned, Mendoza is, pro is probably the premier wine growing region in, in um, Argentina. Um, it's sort of like the Napa of Argentina. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, so if you're looking, if you're, if you don't know anything, you know, you're looking at Argentine wine, look for Mendoza, there's a chance you're going to get something good. Um, and it's where Malbec primarily comes from. Um, so that's Malbec country. Um, so don't get a Malbec from someplace else unless you really know it. Um, but I, was, I found lay cake as a business model to be really interesting. Okay, um, explain. So they're a U.S. company who sources who sources wine from different um, vineyards, across, uh, grapes from different grapes from different vineyards across the world, and makes wine there. And so they're sort of like uh, like a, uh, a sampling of different wines around around the world. So it's always interesting. They have some in, they have some in Napa, but they actually started out sort of making wines in Australia. Then they moved to to Mendoza. They moved to a couple different places. So if you if you, they really have an interesting profile of sort of interesting wines from different places in the world. So sort of a, you know, you know, they sort of say they, they build themselves sort of as, as affordable luxury wines or something, you know, they're decent, um, you know, um, you know, they're not fantastic. But again, if you're looking for sort of a safe brand to but then go explore something from South America or something from Argentina or something from one of the other places they do wine, I think, um, you know, I, I want to talk about that because it's, it's an interesting um, way to do it. So it's something you know, you trust, you know, it's going to be good. Um, and see what they do, you know, so they, you know, they have wines actually. So I, I said they did wines from, um, they have, you know, they have a couple of California wines, obviously they have um, um, Shiraz from Australia. They have um, a couple different wines from Mendoza. Oh, oh, my favorite. That's how I, why I love them, by the way, is they have a Primitivo from Puglia, Italy um, too. Ooh. So, um, and for folks who don't know, Primitivo is the original grape that Zinfandel is. It's the same grape as Zinfandel. Um, it was sort of forgotten, so it's 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 Zinfandel from from Italy. Um, so again, so if you if you want to try some interesting um, wines that you might not have, it's sort of a safe exploratory brand, um, very crisp white label, and interesting you know interesting um, marketing with the cake on it. You know their 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 tagline is you know richly layered wines. I'm not sure I believe that per se, but you know, but it's it it catches people's eye. So. so I when I when I would see that I would always think cake bread, right? So I saw yeah. layer cake and I thought it was kinda like, you know, you had your, your duck horn and then you had your decoy, right? So you had and kind you, of and, 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 you, and you know and you know what the new duck or a recent duck horn brand is too, by the way? Oh god, I've seen it. Yeah. Um I forget what Paradox. I, I actually, Yes, Paradox. that's it. Paradox. Yes. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, so I was I had dinner in the north end. This was probably, you know, several weeks ago now. And uh, it was presented to me as, you know, here's a here's a bottle of duckhorn is the way, you know, the um, um, the server had presented it. And then the bottle came and I was like, I'm so, you know, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm going to drink it because I, you know, it's it's wine and it's what you have. But that's not duckhorn. And then um, and then I did a quick check and it was like, OK, so it's like the decoy. It's a it's a, you know, a brand extension to the uh, to, to duckhorn. But they they deliberately said it was duckhorn. So I was kind of a little. uh Felt a little misled, but I guess technically, I guess it's kind of right, you know. It's um, kinda, but whatever. That's all right. It was several glasses, and so it didn't matter at that point. Yeah, no. So as far as I know, they're in, they're completely independent and not cake bread. They're um, right, yeah. Yeah, I just um, did a quick. I did a quick search. They they have nothing to do with cake bread. Yeah, yeah, but they do. They do bottle and make everything in region, which is nice. But then they ship it back for American audiences. So, so it's sort of an interesting model. Interesting model of you know. You know, export it. You know, or importing interesting, you know, interesting wines from different regions. So, 
So I thought it'd be it talked about as as a business model approach, you know, rather than you know a safe, trusted brand that you can go get wines from a couple different places around the world. Um, their selection is limited. I think only I have like eleven or twelve different varietals, um, mostly red, but a few whites. But yeah, so not bad. I was kind of psyched that you you went with the Malbec because I I like forget about getting Malbec. So I'm, you know, I've been doing a lot of cabs lately. I've been doing, you know, I was doing a bunch of um, Pinot Noirs for a while. So I kind of go through these phases. And then when I come back to the Malbec, it's always like, why don't I have this in inventory? Because this is like really good. And I just, I completely forget about it. And I don't know why, but I'm glad, I'm glad, you know, I stocked up. Unfortunately, they're all gone, (laughs) but, um, but there's always the opportunity to get some more. Yeah, now I'm, I'm a big fan of Malbec. It's one of my go-tos. And it's, it's a wine I love introducing people to as well, people like other reds, because, you know, uh, people like you, Scott, who, who, who may know a cab or, or might, you know, might know a Zin. I think Zin people know less of, or a Merlot, um, you know, but it's like, it's if you like those, you're going to like a Malbec. Um, so it's a, it's a pretty safe, uh, you know, extension of their palate to, to go for it, but it's something they probably haven't had before, so yeah. I think I, got, I think when I went to dinner with my friend Paul a couple of months ago, I think that's what we had for dinner because he'd never he'd only had a couple of different reds and he said he liked calves. Like, let's try something different. I think we got a Malbec room. My my newest addiction while we're on the the cake bread rant has been the um uh, the cake bread uh, Sauvignon Blanc. So I don't know if you've had, tried that, um, and I know how you guys feel about whites. It's not your thing, and and all that. It's really good. So like if you're outside and it's a warm day and you want something that's kind of you know, something that's a little bit more on the refreshing side. Um, if you haven't tried it, try the uh, the cake bread um, uh, blanc because it's. Uh, I I thought it was really good. I've gotten um, a few bottles of that. Um, I just reloaded. So um, so yeah. So that's definitely something you want to try. Nice, you're not. Nice. You're not gonna try it. You're like I'm not drinking. I'm this. A, some, you know, maybe. I mean, again, you know. Try. Like, be... tr- you know what? Try it, and uh, okay. I think you'd be surprised. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So my, this is nice. This is nice. It's a good twenty dollars bottle of wine. You know, again, hint of chocolate. You need to open up a little bit, but it's good. Oh, and it's a screw. It's a screw cap. It's a screw cap. So that was sort of a, a plus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's nice. Easy, easy access. So they're really going with this, you know, accessibility theme. So I appreciate it. So on the tech side, we that that what I tasked you with way way so many days ago was tech flameouts tech that was sort of not just a, not a failure outright, but something that's interesting, hot, everybody was doing it for a bit, you know, how long, and then just dead. Um, so we're talking about tech flameouts tonight as we drink our, our South American wine. Um, so Scott, uh, what, actually, most of we'll go with you first, ladies first on this one. Um, you know, what did you have for tech flameouts that you were thinking of? I'm going to go ahead and call the robot pets a tech flameout. And maybe, maybe it's one of those that didn't quite have the flame, but, but for a while, uh, at least with the kids, it, it was, it was pretty popular with the, with the robot dogs and the for real pets that, that were essentially mechanical demons. And, um, and they're definitely pretty much gone now, <laughs> at least over here. No, I think, yeah, I think same thing. I mean, I had an early IBO, um, you know, when those were early and then they, that sort of, you know, that was the early adopter phase and there was a big spike, I think, with some of the more mass market ones. And yeah, they sort of died. Yeah. 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 When, when did your kids, have, when did your kids have them? Um, they were interested in them. Oh goodness. It's probably three or four years ago. Uh-huh. May, maybe longer. I just, yeah. They, they they were cool for like a couple days with them and then they're like okay i'm done 
It's like, oh, great. <laughs> so I, I, I agree with that because it's like, okay, you know, it, it, Back in the day when technology was limited, it was kind of cool, this idea of you had a robot and you could kind of like go around. But now, you know, you literally have, you know, brooms and mops and lawnmowers. And so, you know, the, the, the coolness of the technology, unless it's unless it serves a practical purpose, um, you know, what, what's the big deal, I think, is what, what a lot of people would think. But I, I will say this. My favorite robot that's in the background is my R2-D2. And it is, it's, it's a very, you know, I, but, but so yours is new, I see, but this one I got in, I think it was like 2000. That was back when they, they introduced the next, you know, three, um, um, part trilogy for the Star Wars series. And I think it was like 99, 2000 it was around that. So this thing's, you know, 20 plus years old. And, uh, it's amazing how, just very simple and basic it is it has like you know three voice recognition commands that it'll get and almost never gets it right right you can say you know you can make it play the you know help me obi-wan kenobi you're my only hope so there's a couple like minor things that it will do but the coolest thing that it does is that you can tell it to go on patrol and it actually has a sensor and it can like see the walls and it can like turn around and reverse itself and it will it will wander around the room and then what it'll do is it'll stop and it'll just kind of go into sleep mode and like if you turn it on you forgot about it what happens is like several hours later it'll wake up and it'll start chirping and it'll start walking so if like i forget to shut it off you know it could be like two o'clock in the morning and all of a sudden you hear something rolling around the house it's like what the hell is that but i i think from from a from a technology standpoint again at, at the time, it was probably pretty cool because, again, it had some voice recognition things and you could go in and you could program it to do, you know, some some different uh, routes and things like that. Um, today, by today's standards, it's like this thing's a piece of junk. But from a nostalgia standpoint, it is very cool. And when I when I present and people see me and they always ask about the uh, the Star Wars and, and the uh, the new Stormtrooper helmet, that's the uh, the latest edition. So. Well, I don't know about that. Like, my Roomba isn't that much smarter than your robot, by your description. <laughs> yeah, but but at least but at least it's trying to help, right? Mine just kind of wanders around aimlessly, you know, look, <laughs> looking looking for Obi Wan Kenobi. For all I know, it's like he's well, not here. So actually, that's something. I, at least at least in 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 my house, you know, Roomba's flamed out. Uh, I still see people with them occasionally, but I don't think they're the you know the the hot thing that they were as at once were. I think they've sort of niche. They've moved to a niche use case. Yeah, I'd agree with that, even though I just got a new one. Like, <laughs> What do you use yours for? Like, whole house, specific rooms? Um, Specific rooms, specifically the rooms with hardwood floors where the cats and the kids seem to be the most active. And even with that, um, we named it Jeff, and we yell at it <laughs> a lot. So, <laughs> so initially, our Roomba's name was Rosie, and she was amazing. And um, the new one is is Jeff. And he's Jeff because one, he's more expensive, and two, like he will not do his job without an extreme amount of like babying and talking to and like <laughs> correction, lots of correction. So so it's it's still a monitored thing. I'm just not actively moving the vacuum anymore. Yeah. So that's the other thing. There's a lot of supervision that was regarded of it, which sort of defeats the purpose of it. Exactly. But yeah. Um, oh, 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 oh. So oh. cheers, everybody! Cheers! Okay. All right. Cheers. Are you taking uh, it? You I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll, no, you take it. You take it. Cheers! Sorry. Picture right, time. I'll take it. I'll take it. Sorry. Then we'll go, then we'll go back to our time. conversation.
We just we need yes. this. We, just, we need this for the uh, for the advertisers to prove that we actually uh, did the podcast tonight. So that's yeah. what it is. So this is for um, legal reasons. Got it. All right, moving on. <laughs> um. So so I had I had two examples. I had kind of a sort of a, a worky kind of example um and then i had the uh, a fun a funner well not really funner but a more <laughs> of a consumer version of of it and and i'll i'll start with the work the the, the work one was remember when like everybody was doing kind of this um you know cloud-based backup for your laptop and your pc remember that was a big thing and there was a whole bunch of money that was spent in that space of the market and they'd be like oh my god you could back up your pc and protect everything and all your data all your videos and pictures and all that stuff and people would do the subscription services those things are completely gone i don't think anybody uses that stuff anymore i don't know of anybody that it's icloud and the only reason why it's on icloud is because it's smart enough to know to tell you that you know, you can't afford, you can't back up all your stuff anymore on your phone and all your stuff's on your phone. You have thousands of pictures on your phone. And it's like, and so they scare you into saying, oh shit, I got to pay the two ninety nine a month to, to back that up. Right. And so I, I think that's different on the mobile device, but I think the laptop stuff is kind of, kind of come and gone. And, and again, that was a, that was a big thing for a while on the consumer side. Yeah. But I think, I mean, there's still some file sync and share that sort of taken some of that, that. I mean, I think like you know the the Google Docs. I, I've I've done that in the past where I've I would I've synced, I would I've synced the folder or two, you know, on, yeah. on my you know my documents folder or something on my laptop, but not not the full backup. Yeah. But but that so so Google so Google Docs. Box, I your put box, it, your box I folder, put it, right? Your box or Dropbox. Yeah. I put Google Docs into a completely different category because it's just the the pervasive way you do things now. Because... Sorry, I meant Google Drive. I meant Google Drive. Sorry, oh, Google sorry. Drive. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 But, but yeah, I meant Google Drive or Dropbox or Box. You know, those type of things. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But 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 again, it's not it's not automatically going in and waking up and backing up your laptop on a scheduled yeah. basis. It's you saying, okay, here's a file that I either want to share or I want to archive or whatever it is, a video, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm well, going to stick it there. No, I, I also do. I also will do a folder like my key documents folder or something. But again, it's not the full hard drive. It's not. It's just it's just critical stuff. Yeah. Because again, have all... the space is sort of you're sort of limited in terms of how much space you can do that way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I, yeah, I, so I have that same problem in terms of space because, like, I have, you know, I, I'll go back and I'll look at some of my older files, and I have things from the 1990s, right? I literally have some of that stuff, right? And it's got like, no, really, Scott? Oh, I, Mr. Hard I do. Copy of everything you've ever done. Uh, I know. I still have. Yeah. I still have some of those files, and, and sometimes if I'm, uh, I, I don't want to admit this and have it go uh, outside, you know, of us three. But like, if I'm on a, in a meeting and I'm like bored and I'm looking for something. I will go down the rabbit hole and I will open up like an old strategy deck from like 2005 and I'll click through it and I'll be like, Oh yeah, we were pretty close on that. And I'd be like, Oh man, we were way wrong about that. So it's kind of fun <laughs> to kind of go in and, and, and check the score to see, Hey, this is what we were thinking. Um, you know, 15 plus plus years ago. Um, my, my, actually, on that one, Scott, though, I was going to say is um, we're talking about strategy X backup folders Shit, 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 um, uh, before that, I was going to say, oh, you know, interesting note, side note on that is that, um, I don't think there's any, you remember when you used to, the other thing that flamed out, you know, took a bit was free cloud storage. I think everything is, is available for a charge now, right? That's the other yeah. thing is I used to be able to get a decent amount, you know, from, from Google or from Apple, or Apple went out pretty early, but from others and all that's gone now, it's all, it's all paid, paid tiers. Yep. 
Yeah, unless you want to store your images and stuff in low quality, it's all paid. And I've 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 noticed like a lot of the it's kind of similar but different. Um, a lot of the um, news sources that I would normally like have the apps on my phone, they've pretty much all have switched from being you know advertising based in terms of how they would generate revenue to now being subscription based. And so you know they want like twelve bucks a month for it and. It's not the twelve bucks a month, and and I feel bad because like I miss like being able to read some of the things that I, that I would normally get up and read to kind of start my day or just kind of find out what's going on, especially for like local news, like the the stuff that you know is putting out by you know the AP or whatever it is. That's fine, everyone's you know reporting the same stuff, but it's kind of the local stuff in terms of hey, you know there was a school committee meeting and this is what they did, and, you know stuff like that. And I've I've sort of you know I'm I'm it's kind of a Mexican standoff as far as. I'm not going to pay and I'm going to wait for them to realize that we are not, we're going to hold our line here and no one's going to pay for the service. And then they're going to realize that the only way they're going to be able to make it work is through advertising. So I'm, I'm reluctant to pay the two ninety nine or twelve ninety nine or whatever it is a month for some of these things until they break first. So um, probably well, not the best thing, but. And twelve ninety nine for news, not to be jerk about it but netflix is cheaper and probably better for your mental health to be honest at this point it it, it is and, and again i'm not i'm not talking like you know the new york times or the washington post i'm not talking about you know the big ones i'm talking about like the local ones like mm -hmm. the local ones that have the stuff they you know and and i did i would go through there sadly enough one of the things i would do is i would check the obituaries because you know in the over 40 club <laughs> you need to pay attention to that stuff, right? <sighs> so it's like, oh my god. So anyway, I just got really dark on that one. Um, yes. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure about over forty, Scott. But okay. Um, <laughs> hey, it's so technically accurate. That's good marketing. Yes, over forty. Yes, over thirty. I'll go to over yeah, thirty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, on the uh, on the on the technology side. So be interesting to see what you you all think about this one. But I think. We are in the era, and it has nothing to do with where I work. It's just what I see. Um, we are in the era of the post-post-PC. So there was the post-PC era. Laptops are dead. No one needs a PC, right? And then I think, you know, in the last year or so, I think that that's definitely changed because I know, you know, I look at, like, what I see people using, and I'll use my kids as an example. So they all have iPads, and they're relatively new iPads. They're maybe, they're under, they're less than two years old because the, the warranties are still good on them. Um, they never use them. They don't even know where they are. They're not charged. They, they, they don't mm -hmm. use them. They either use their phone, or now what they're doing is they're using their laptops. And, you know, they're Chromebooks now, but they're slowly being replaced um, with, with real laptops. But that's the device that they're currently using. And I don't know if it's just because that's where their work is or they can do some gaming or whatever it is. But I think the form factor of the iPad, you know, is it's bigger than, you know, an iPhone. But in order to do like real things where you need a keyboard and you want to be able to have, you know, um, you know, um, Windows based apps or Google apps or things like that. I think it's the it's the laptop is I think is seeing a uh, a resurgence, especially with you know the the younger folks that are that are using it because it's either the phone or the laptop and there's no thing in the middle anymore. So the iPads have kind of faded away. Yeah, I'd say for the over ten crowd, you're you're right, and I think I think part of the reason is the pandemic and all the remote schooling because you can't do that at that age group level from an iPad. 
Um, there's just too much involved, uh, especially because a lot of the school stuff has stuff like Flash still running, even though nobody supports it. <laughs> so, so you have to have a laptop even to have a chance to, well, yeah, to play I mean, through I some always, of that stuff. And I always thought the iPad was was sort of an interesting, you know, niche use case too, right? I mean, it was, you know, and I think as phones have gotten bigger, it's sort of eaten into some of that. You know, you got, you know, more screen space, etc. Um, which is some of the which is some of the value that you got from an iPad. I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a big iPad fan. I love I love mine, but I haven't upgraded mine in five years because it does what it does and it works. And you know, and I have the keyboard for it that I want to use sometimes. You know, but for me, it's a device I can use on a plane. That when I travel, it's light, it's easy. It allows me to write and and, and do some work, etc. But for my my you know for primary work, I still go to to a laptop. It's it's a it's a secondary device for me. And I know some people who use it as a primary device, but it's hard. And I think so. I think it's it's yeah. I don't. I never. I think there was a there was a rise in tap. You know, tablets are going to be everything, and and really people realize that you know sort of the the form factor is somewhat limited in its applicability. So I'll, I'll even give you, so the, the use case for my mom, so she had a laptop and that was uh, her, uh, her iPad and that was her world and she did all her stuff. And then as, as you know, vision and just being able to type stuff, it got harder. It was like, I, I really want something with kind of a keyboard. And I was like, all right. So, I, you know, I know, I know someone that works at a PC company. So I was able to get a, you know, a decent deal on a, on a nice, on a nice, on a nice <laughs> on a entry belt. level, on a nice entry level laptop. And it was, it's a very yeah. nice machine and it works, it works, it works really well. And so, you know, now she would have the laptop and she would have the iPad and it was like, well, what are you using the iPad for? And it was like, well, you know, I have Netflix on it. So if I ever want to watch a movie on Netflix, and I was like, you could watch, here's the app, go to the Microsoft store, download the app. And now Microsoft, is, uh, Netflix is now running on the laptop. I was like, well, what do I need this thing for anymore? And it's like, you probably don't, not for at least what you're doing, right? So um, take it so. back from her and use it for presentations, for speaker notes, or for whiteboarding. <laughs> You can join Zoom and whiteboard from your from your mm-hmm. iPhone or your iPad. <laughs> oh, oh! Speaking of, I'm 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 all about the random besides tonight. Um, did you guys see? So it wasn't announced at WWDC, which was yesterday. I don't know if anyone watched. Um, or Tuesday, yeah, to yesterday. Um, um, but um, as Apple announced a new accessibility kit, in which you can um, the, um, it's designed for people who have. Um, limb issues. They have one limb that may or may not work as well as the others. Um, but they have they have sensors now. They've, you're able to use the sensors in the iPhone to tell when you're flexing your wrist, and you can now use that as a control device for a, a laptop or a screen. So you can actually use it as a clicker for your presentation or something else by flexing your wrist. So yes. That's cool. That's really yeah. cool. So yeah. That's, so. Um, yeah. I didn't see that announcement, so I'm... I'm yeah, glad. it was a pre-announcement. It was something they, they put out the week before because the keynote, I guess it was... I mean, it would have been a great demo on stage. I'm, as a marketing guy, I'm like, oh, that would have been a great demo, but I guess they were just... It got cut, so they, they released it early. Yeah. Fair. That's accessible. Yeah. Um, the, thing, the thing that I liked about what they did yesterday, um, or two days ago, whatever it was, is they took the latest iOS and they made it compatible all the way back to the iPhone 6. Right. So if you think about that, that's like, you know, multiple generations of technology. And it's a it's actually a smart move for them because, you know, it helps, especially for folks that can't move off of that phone. And let's face it, the one, the folks that have the iPhone six are generally the people that get the hand me down phones. Right. And it's probably been, you know, handed down two or three times by the time it lands there. So there's 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 very little 
you know, it's it's like having a, a DMX installed, right, for like 20 years. It's like no, they're never going to replace the stupid thing. So we might as well just make it work, right, so that yeah. it can support, you know, the different uh, – where, where, where it makes sense to make it support the other uh, different tools yeah. that are available. So, um, so yeah, so that's, yeah. Uh, that's interesting. But speaking – my other one that I was thinking about for flameouts was, you know, the, the connected glasses. Speaking of connected wearables, I yeah. think – yeah. Isn't somebody trying to bring that back though? Is like yeah, we'll see. Amazon or somebody trying to bring it back? Yes, Amazon's working recently. on one. Yeah, yeah. But remember, yeah. remember, Snap tried to bring it back like two years ago with the Snap Specs. Yeah, you know, it, it seemed, Google uh, kind of had some epic fails with it. Yeah, every, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the original. It's, who did the original ones? The, the ones that I owned. Uh, who, who did that? Oh, Google Glass. The yeah. Google Glass. Remember, Google Glass. I. Yeah. So Google Glass was sort of yeah. So I think every, every now and then it sort of makes a resurgence and quickly flames out again. Yeah. Yeah, it's just um, too tempting to like be be the one that builds the sci-fi vision of of the cool yeah. screen in your sunglasses that tells mm -hmm. you everything you need to know. Yeah, I think I think with with AR, you know, um, it would be really interesting, but you know, yeah, I think I don't know. I think it's just still too much. So we'll say maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. So one of the, one of the ones that I'm struggling with right now, and it was it was one of my favorite apps, and now I'm I'm on the fence with it. Is so um, I, I never did uh, Google Maps, I never did you know the the Apple Maps. I was always Waze, right? So that's kind of what I've mm. what I've been using. And I don't know when the, Waze is not a sponsor. So let's get <laughs> that. if they want to, we can talk, right? But um, the 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 inaccuracy that that app has lately in the last couple of weeks, I, I, I even Googled it. It was like, why is Waze all of a sudden so inaccurate? Because it would want me to like take an exit, drive around in a circle and then come back onto the exit and then go. And it would add like an extra eight minutes. And when you blow that blow by it, it would just, you know, it would eliminate the, the eight extra minutes. And I don't know what has been going on. Uh, my understanding. So I, I, I kind of looked into it. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to be kind of good citizens. So they just don't want to get you from point A to point B, but they want to save the world and they want to make sure that any Anybody else going from point A to point B, they're not sending through the same paths. They want to do mm. load balancing, so they want to move everybody through different, you know, areas so that you don't have a whole bunch of cars following ways and, you know, creating backups because that's the way it goes. But I mean, we're all going to the same place. It doesn't matter, right? Um, it's, it's because they're prioritizing Google Maps traffic now that they're acquired yeah. by Google, in my opinion. Yep. Exactly, yep. <laughs> is that that's, what you think it is? That's the real answer. I, I, I've used Google Maps. I've used Apple Maps. Both of them have caught up and, and have Waze-like fu functionality. But ever since Google acquired Waze, Waze has been going to absolute crap. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. That's what it is. But I've noticed that using Google, not nearly as bad as using Waze, even though it's owned by the same company <laughs> and Google use Waze's, uses Waze technology. So I'm going to allege here that um, perhaps Waze stinks because they want to move everybody to Google Maps. I can see that. I can see that's something they would do. And actually, so funny, but actually very funny story because I'm, I'm a reluctant Waze user. I use Waze, you know, only when something goes wrong or I need, you know, I need, you know, because I think, I, think I think Waze is better in sort of those emergency exceptional situations or where there are cops, et cetera, et cetera. So again, I was driving down last weekend on a Friday. Um, it's a 
three and a half hour drive to Kentucky to where I'm going. Um, and I saw a bunch of cops out. So I was like, let me get Waze on because I think Waze has better cop detection than, than Apple Maps. So I turned on instead. And But I, I left Apple Maps running in the background as well with both. So just being lazy and I was driving, I didn't want to, you know, to switch one off. And got to all of a sudden, Apple Maps tells me to get off the highway. And it slows down. There's like a, a lane closure up ahead. I see it says get off, like, you know, a mile into the lane closure. So like, and Waze is telling me to go down. I look, Waze is telling me to get off like three exits down. Not none of what I still supposed to have an hour on this on this on this expressway. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay. And I'm like, so I, I follow the Apple direction, and and there were apparently a series of three accidents on this. Um, and um, and you know, Apple actually caught up, and they Apple Apple caught up and said, get off here be the for the first one. Um, Waze actually had me getting off. Um, between the second and the third. So I was like, I would have been stuck in it. So yeah, so I think, yeah, you're right. They're, I think they're losing their edge because normally they would have caught that. They're, they're, really, they're really much better with the real-time stuff or they have been. So Apple's, I think, is really catching up with them. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. The other one, the, the last one that I have, so this is from the Wayback Machine because there's always a technology that I was interesting. I think, it, I guess it's sort of, well, it's sort of come back again in different ways. Um, but um, push technology in browsers I think now we just get push technology notifications. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was a mm. big thing for a while. Um, it, you know, it was the things where you know the browser would push information to you. You know, um, you know, and you know, you you'd sign for subscribe. You know, you from some service. So what was it? Or it was, and it was a, a special window, and it would push news or information to you. And it, it sort of went away. You know, or or the other one that was the one that were like you would log into um, SETI at home, right? Yeah. And and you you use SETI to do your processing. I think of where you were doing that distributed computing, you were letting your computer use, you know, sort of a two-way communication of the internet. Yeah. I think those, yeah. those are sort of all interesting, interesting uses of the, of the early web that sort of died out. So I sort of missed some of those, but yeah. Yeah. SETI shut down because they had too much information. So there you go. There <laughs> Did they really? There is thing as too much data. Yeah. They, yeah. They're all, they didn't... have more data than they could process. So they um, shut mm. down. So what, what is what is SETI for the home audience, just so they know? The search for extraterrestrial life, and specifically yes. what I'm referring to. Intelligence, yes. Yeah, intelligence. Um, specifically what I'm referring to is the app that runs on the computer and sends information back to them and, and processes. Yeah, so it was what, sort of a distributed processing app. You would run right. this app on your computer, yeah. and they, you would pick up information through radio information from the servers and try and process it and then send it back to them with, you know, and the hope we would find, you know, the next ET. Right. And the whole idea behind SETI was that, you know, they needed the compute to basically go out and do the analysis and run the analytics, and they couldn't afford to have the compute all in one place so people could opt in. So you could take your laptop and say, yep. yes, if I'm not using it, you can use some of my CPU and memory to go ahead yep. and, you know, run. Mm -hmm. run. So yep. that's... The cloud I didn't before know the cloud. Exactly. I did yep. not... <laughs> I did not know that they had shut down. That's a, uh, that's a oh, in other, in other interesting quick one. I know we're sort of running out of time here. Something I just learned this week. I'm sure Melissa already knew because she's the cool kid of the bunch. Um, um, uh, Chia, mm -hmm. um, the, 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 the digital currency, the cryptocurrency, Chia. Okay, go not ahead. The, not the pet, not the pet. Not, <laughs> not, the, chia. not chia pets and not, not the seeds pets. that you use for hydration. Not the seeds, the, the chia seeds, right. Uh, okay. Chia, the cryptocurrency. You guys don't know this? No. I saw I saw something and I saw it and I thought they were talking about a chia pet. So please, <laughs> please, 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 please enlighten me. Yes, please. It is the new hot cryptocurrency. It is hot because it's green cryptocurrency because oh. it doesn't use pro doesn't use processing power. 
um, like most other most cryptocurrencies, you know, you mine Bitcoin by leveraging CPU power. So these right. massive CPU and GPU power, these massive CPU GPU farms, which are incredibly hot and consume electricity, um, etc. And um, and guess what Shia uses instead? What's that? What what the you know the underlying you know because basically you turn one economic thing into another right it uses storage so you, the value the more storage you have the more likely you're to produce an, a, a, a cryptocurrency. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so I, I thought as someone who's in the storage business that was very interesting. So yeah. Was, I, yes. Uh, wow. <laughs> but it's green because you know it just it, the storage doesn't consume as much. Um, you know it's about the storage that's there, not about the storage actively used. The storage that's there, so it's um. It's 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 less power and, and cooling um, resources required to, to generate that the currency. So, so you can turn your old Vmax into a cryptocurrency farm. Oh, ooh, that's a great on stage show, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would totally do that. Oh, I may do that one. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I just had to. Scott's yes, not. Yeah. In a happy place now. He's no, I am. I, I, I just, I just, I got an, I got an email yesterday from somebody saying, "Hey, my customer wants to buy a V fridge." Oh my what, god! No. I swear, I could. I'll, yeah, I swear to God, I got you. I got an email yesterday. And I was like, "Dude, what are you doing?" No. Go on eBay. Yes. No, no. I was like, "No, no." They're, they're like, "Well, are there any at the briefing centers?" I was like, "Yeah," and they're like, "Well, they're not using them because they're not doing any briefings." I was like, "Yeah, you're right." Well, can I have one of those? And I'm like, who do you think is going to go down there and take this thing and ship it? Like, wh what are you thinking? Like, if you want to fly in and you want to go ahead and do it, you can, like, literally walk out of the building with anything you want at yeah. this point, right? I, I actually used the V-Fridge as an example in an interview this week, by the way, Scott. Did you really? Oh, yeah, we were talking about sort of interesting <laughs> interesting market ideas that worked and didn't work. And I said, you know, you know, be careful of your success because I talked about the V-Fridge. So it sort of worked until it didn't, until until everybody wanted one. And we and we got, you know, we got chastised by the Canadian government for shipping CFCs across state lines without license, across country borders without licenses. Oh, my. <laughs> yes. Lessons right. learned the hard way. Yeah. All right, so we, we should can't... probably talk we... about the next show. Yeah, I was going to say, we, yeah. we, can't, we can't end the podcast on the V-Fridge. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I get to, so this is episode, what was this, 48, I think, right? Correct, yep, it is episode So we're going, 48, yep. right, 48, so then we're going uh, episode 49, and uh, I've had this on my notes for a while, and I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to declare the next podcast to be the official Summer of Fun podcast. So we're going to have fun, and we're going to talk about summer, and we're going to just, like, you know, get ready. Of course, this was going to be a couple weeks ago before, you know, we, we got into the summer season, um, but summer fun. So the wine, what are we drinking for wine? Everybody we're drinking summer wine, rosé, rosé all day. We're going to do the rosés again okay. for summer wine. Yeah, because you know what? We'll all be recording. It'll still be daylight out. So the rosé during mm -hmm. the day is acceptable, I think. So okay. um, we're going to go with rosé all day. And then for the discussion topic, we're going to go with uh, fun facts. And when I say Ooh, fun okay. facts, well, yeah. yeah, so so just random things that are fun facts, either related to, you know, something on the technology side, something about you personally, or something about, you know, Ooh. you in terms of, you know, your career or anything like that, but just kind of random fun facts, and you don't have to overthink it. Yep. So cool. that's what we're doing. We're doing the summer fun, we're doing rosé, and we're doing fun facts. So cool. boom. Cool. Okay. So Matt, let's let's say goodbye, Melissa. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. Everybody have fun. Peace out, everybody. Thank you for joining us. See you next episode. Wait, do the strike again, Melissa, before we go. Give us a strike. Ike. Ike. <laughs> good tech, good wine. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>